episode of We Call Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb, alongside Sasha Stalanovich. Stalanovich. That's from that's the yeah. dodgeball. Yeah. 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 I don't think she was Russian. She was like nuclear. That's all I remember. Ah. <laughs> uh. That was my first PG-13 movie I saw in theaters with my parents. It was Dodgeball. Oh, I'm trying to figure... What was yours? Um, uh, I, I, I know what it is. Uh, it wasn't Joe Dirt, but that actor that actor was in it. Um, he had this, like, some movie about being a former child oh, star. Did he, did he Roberts? Dickie Robinson, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, like I remember seeing that in theaters uh, with my mom when it came out, and that was the first PG thirteen movie. But dodgeball's better. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, I, I learned the term "knocking futs" though from that from that movie, so I thought that was pretty good. Uh, remember, almost choking on the dumb I was chewing during, when uh, they were dodging traffic in dodgeball. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> hit again, nearly died. That entire training montage should have got an Oscar for best training montage. <laughs> that should that should, that should be a uh, that should be a a category. The Oscars need more dumb comedies in awards, anyway, in my opinion. Yeah, at least you have like a best uh, uh, shaky cam action sequence <laughs> award. Yeah. <laughs> Best uh, car chase scene. Um, mm-hmm. Best. Best. Uh, I'm trying to say this. Best scene that ignores every f- rule of physics. Yes. Uh, so Fast and Furious when that every single. Fast and yeah. Furious. I was gonna, uh, my next category would be like uh, best fa- uh, family film. <laughs> uh, it would also be Fast and Furious. Best family. <laughs> fa- 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 <clears throat> family. I think that's Lois Vin Diesel. Yeah. Which isn't his real name. Which is what boggled my mind. I I remember it's like Mark something. Yeah, Mark Sinclair is Vin Diesel's real name. I can see why it goes by Vin Diesel. I think I would expect a very different level of acting from a Mark Sinclair than I would from a Vin Diesel. Yeah. Like, Mark Sinclair doesn't star in Triple X, nope. but Vin Diesel does. Mark Sinclair is the best friend in a rom-com. Yes. Vin Diesel is an action hero. He's, yes. he's fucking Riddick. That's what Vin Diesel is. <laughs> exactly. Mark Sinclair is Colin Hanks' buddy in some random movie. Yep. I, well, we're kind of delaying the the pain right now, which would, we're kind of mad at our family right now, at our family right now, or family. whatever. Family, nothing stronger yeah. than family. Um, especially not the Loons' defense. Uh, yeah, it's because the uncle we all wanted to forget uh, came back to town, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, and his name is Brent Coleman. Name is John Cena in Fast Nine. <laughs> Who was never talked about before, but apparently is Vin Diesel's brother. It's, it's wild. It's so dumb, but still the best movies ever. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Loons 2, San Jose 2, uh, last week's game, last Saturday's game, I remember before 4th of July. 
uh, goals for the loons from Brent Coleman and Ramon Avila, or Avila, as we, as everyone expected, we all knew it was going to happen. Um, both goals kind of weird goals. Coleman scoring while not even looking at the net and getting tackled, and like just trying to like yeah. get the ball back on frame somehow, and it goes in. Then Avila. Um, has his penalty saved and then just chips the goalkeeper on the rebound, which the audacity. I mean, come on. <laughs> but well, as we as we learned later in the week, uh, the, the, he's a very bold player. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Defense, though, not great in this game. No, Debossi making an un, uh, uncharacteristic mistake, like with a back pass to Tom Miller, and the ball gets picked right off of him by Espinoza who sees Kate Cowell make a run to the box and just tease him up perfectly. That's a hard one to stop for Tyler Miller. Um, the second one, uh, much more Brent Kalman's mistake. Uh, he doesn't make enough effort to close down the uh, San Jose player. I forget his name, number 28. But he's able to just take a free shot that whizzes right past Tyler Miller's face. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's also a little bit on on Miller, even though, even though I realized, like, Watching it, That's, it seems like it's easier to react at that speed, but it, the ball is actually moving really fast. So even once it goes right past your head, yeah. like sometimes you can't get your arms up in, in time. That's a tough save to make. I don't. I, yeah. I would give more fault to Coleman on that one. Uh, Coleman only playing yeah. in this game because Botchall. Sorry, excuse me. Botchall had to leave with a through with a left thigh injury, left quad injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wasn't. He didn't. He came out in the first half. Um, so Brent scoring and kind of somewhat conceding one goal in his time time on the field for the Loons. Um, a lot of chances though before that penalty from Abula. Um, Fardapani hits the post. Uh, Hassani has one just whiz just wide. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Abula again had one that was probably should have gone in, but it was just a good save by the San Jose goalkeeper. Um, it, it, this game feels like two points dropped, honestly. Yeah, uh, especially at home. It's it's a, it's like a game of inches, and we had so many chances that didn't find the back of the mm-hmm. net. And after several hot games with these players, I think we can't we came to expect that those balls would be making it back there. So it was such a letdown. It definitely did feel like we you know. We dropped two points, not that we got one. It really feels like we should have gotten that the win at home, and we didn't. Um, uh, maybe we were underestimating San Jose's ability because they have scored on teams better than us, such as LA Galaxy. Um, they put up a good fight, so maybe we shouldn't have been as confident as we were. I'm I'm now downplaying us, hoping that the hell will like correct the powers in the universe. Yeah, we were too uh, excited the past two pods. We need, to, we need to ease back a little bit and say that we're bad again. Which, yeah. who knows? Well, that, we'll come up to that later. The question. <laughs> uh, in between uh, this game and Wednesday's game at Colorado, uh, MLS concluded their investigation of the incident in Portland between uh, Diego Chara and Franco Fardapane. Um, as we discussed last pod, I mean, both of you and I thought nothing would happen just because of the, of the uh, situations around it. Uh, no one else heard it. The ref didn't hear it. There's no video of the incident happening that we saw this on TV. And unfortunately, it was inconclusive and it didn't corroborate either person's story. 
And of course, this means a bunch of people on the Minnesota subreddit said Dear Charles a liar, which is not true, I don't think. Um, I think something was said by Fraud Confide Upon. We'll never know what it is, but obviously it hurt Deirdre Chara, and we here at We Call Soccer and Teen Advance stand by Deirdre Chara and call on Minnesota United to do something with Fraud Upon to educate and uh, rehabilit- rehabilitate. Is that a strong word? I don't know. Basically, Make sure this doesn't happen again, and he understands what he did wrong. That's what we want from yeah. the team and from Franco. And an apology to Diego Chara would also be nice, but might be living in a pipe dream for that one. Exactly, yeah. Nobody's ever going to apologize when they you know, haven't been found guilty because that admits guilt, um, you know, even legally. Um, I wonder, though, if something was said internally in the team because people were noticing that Fragapane seemed – like a lame duck in that San Jose game. Um, yeah, yeah, not not so, playing like himself. Exactly. Uh, some suspect maybe that he didn't want any calls from the ref. He didn't want any attention on him or any spotlight on him. Uh, even if that would have been good spotlight, such as a goal. So uh, perhaps something was said. Regardless, it, uh, like it wasn't made public, so it's all speculation. Yeah, we do, we don't know what was on in the locker room, and we might never know what. what actually happened between the two players. Um, Dero Chara, I think, tweeted out a little mini thread, and that's from a player who doesn't really talk a whole lot to the mm-hmm. press, so don't him to get his story out there. And Yeah, uh, when, they, when they come to Allianz, it's going to be a very interesting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Not an interesting game. Let's head with Caleb. High five. Yeah. Colorado nil loons two. Ugh. This is bad. Yeah, I mean this was bad. Uh, for I mean not more than just the reason I lost. The fact is we lost looking slow to a Colorado team that also looked slow. They were we were both going on games after three days. They were burnt out from playing the Sounders, a much more difficult opponent than uh, San Jose, but we were on the road. And playing at elevation, which they are accustomed to, and they they just burned us out pretty quickly. Like we looked like we were playing on tired legs, and even though they had their 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 plan set up, but you know five men at the back kind of let uh, their strikers they try to put it over the top for Barrios because that was their it seemed to be their consistent game plan. Um, they still ended up beating us, and it made us look pretty pathetic. Yeah, uh, this back line was Chase Asper. Uh, Brent Coleman, Yuta Redela, and uh, DJ Taylor making his first MLS start on the right-hand side there. Um, both uh, Debasi and Bocci were out with uh, left quad injuries. Um, we, we really need some center-back depth. Mm-hmm. We really need it. Um, but Brian Galvan scored right before halftime for the Rapids. And he felt like, at least following along with the game, if the Moons made it to halftime, nil-nil, there was still, like, a shot. But once that goal mm-hmm. went in, it was like, well, we're not going to win this game. No, and, and that that goal had such style on it that it gave the Colorado Rapids the instant uh, instant boost. Like, you know, the, the they had a full crowd. They, the fans erupted. And, yeah, they wanted the second half with all the momentum they needed, uh, knowing they had beat us with style. 
Yeah, uh, Shinichi did the double the lead. Then uh, yeah. Ramon Avila sent off for doing a little kidney punch to a Cardo player um, on a free kick. And, like, that ha- that's the kind of shit happens during every set piece. And players gather, like, clump together like that. However, mm-hmm. I believe you got to do that when there's, like, pe- more people around you. When there's, like, blocking yeah. the ref's view. It was, like, pretty clear from the ref's point of view that you did that. Um, but honestly, if that's a red card, every single corner should be a penalty. Um, most people don't get caught. That's that's the where where he went wrong. So he'll be out for the game against the Sounders on the 18th. Um, yeah, man, we're <laughs> these past two games are were kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so far, the week has been kind of depressing for Minnesota sports, especially the Loons. Well, yeah, yeah. It's not great. Yeah, a potential one point, a one point out of a potential six, and uh, going into our next opponent is Seattle. Like, if we had gotten a draw here away, uh, I would have felt a lot more confident that we could at least get a draw against Seattle. Now I'm thinking we're we might just get our asses handed to us at home, and that's not that's not a great <laughs> feeling. No, it's not. And Seattle hasn't. Well, we had a. That was a seven-game unbeaten streak that yeah. uh, was broken. Um, Seattle hasn't lost all year. The last game they lost was the MLS Cup final. Yeah. So it's going to be a tough, tough game on the 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to our Slack questions. For $3 a month on our Patreon, you can join our Slack channel. Um, we got one question here from Chris. Which is the real Minnesota United? The disappointing, toothless corpse of a team from the beginning of the season and Portland? I don't think he means Portland, but he means Colorado. Or the fun, exciting team from those two or three games with Uno before Bocce got hurt? (laughs) I, uh... I think we are an exciting team, but our position right now on the table is a reflection of where we're failing. We're currently 7th in the last playoff spot in the West. Every team above us deserves to be above us, I believe. And every team below us deserves to be there. And that's Houston and Portland. We have a game over Portland, so they could bypass us if they get a win next game. But I still think we're better than them. But every other team, we haven't really shown that we're good enough to beat. Like RSL, which we've, you know, mm-hmm. we've faced twice, you know. We we got a draw against San Jose, who are farther down the table. So we're not a toothless team. We're still an exciting team to watch, but we're a team with a lot of like making a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. For like the team that was the best defensively, you know, twenty four months ago, like we were making a lot of mistakes that other teams can pick off. But how much is that, Ikepara? I yeah. you forget about him. He wasn't even on the injury list this past game in Colorado. I don't know I don't know yeah. if he was on the San Jose list, but he he his absence kinda of looms over this defense. As he and Boxy yeah. were like one of the best pairings that year. Hell Ike won Defender of the Year that year. Yeah. And with him gone it's just it just sucks as I mean the Boxy is serviceable. Hasn't been the greatest this year. Um, 
Bocce's been, I think, on another level, but he's injured now. And you, your backups are Yuta Radula and Brent Coleman. And those, yeah. I don't think those two guys are MLS level center backs right now. No. Whereas like Jose Aja was a MLS level mm-hmm. uh, center back. He wasn't. He wasn't the best. He wasn't as good as Debasi or Boxall, but he could be good. Yeah, I, I think the reason he left was because of international spot, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And Utah, ha- I think, has his dream card. I don't know. It yeah. it sucks that we had so much depth and so much. <laughs> I don't, this. These past two games kind of felt like 2017 defending, you know? Yeah. Which, where we, you know, set the record for worst defense of all time, only to be, you know, surpassed by, I think, Orlando and Cincinnati. But we're definitely better going forward. I think those missed shots that we had against San Jose will become goals as players Mm -hmm. become more comfortable with each other. And we never play ball at Colorado. We never do. No. So I think the Seattle games would be very telling how we come out, how we play. Because at the beginning of the season, that first game in Seattle was like, oh, Western Conference Finals match rematch. It's going to be a really close game. They're both going to be really good this year. And Minnesota has not been good this year. Has not been up to the level they were last year or the year before that. And honestly, at this point, if we play in like we have with like a couple, like in that, in that unbeaten run, we had like, I think three wins out of seven, which makes that a little less impressive. Yeah. I think we don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think we make, we make the playoffs. And if we don't make the playoffs, I think Bill McGuire has to really look at Heath and wonder if he's the right man to, to win trophies here. So I saw me, Chris, halfway. I'll say we're not toothless, but we are a disappointing team. We're definitely better than the first two games of the season. First three? First three yeah. games? I don't know. The first, I, I blocked out most of that first part of the season. But I, I still think we're, we're definitely worse than last year. I would say much worse than last year. There have been players on this team that have regressed significantly, I think. So... Yay, go Loons. We're going to our next bit of Loons news. Um, some Twitter accounts out there are linking Carlos Tevez uh, to Minnesota. I fucking hope not. He's like 38 years old, and so he's just like an older version of Abila. He's a big, stocky Argentinian striker. Um, and this is our first Patreon question that we asked our patrons. Um with Carlos Tevez being linked to Minnesota, what aging former superstar would you rather have in Minnesota? And this is in the notes because he just texted me. My dad just texted me. Non-serious answer to your question. Is Pele still alive? Then him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if he's 80. Sign him. <laughs> you probably put, still, still put in a shift. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he's, start, he's too busy eating five dollar foot lawns from Subway. Um our patron Chris said uh <clears throat> in all caps Mario follow Telly and 
Fuck no, Chris. We've been over this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Liverpool fan. I was on the worst signings for Liverpool ever. He had like one goal and like 30 appearances. It's bad. No, don't. Please don't. Disagreeing with me and agreeing with, with Chris is Jake. Um, agree with Balotelli. Popcorn stocks would go up. Popcorn stocks would go up big. I also think Olivier Giroud deserves a shout. He's already been signed with AC Milan on a two to three million euro transfer. And, it, and, I, and he would seriously have a Zlatan-like impact in MLS if he got service. Giroud is one of the best link-up strikers. I think he's great at holding the ball up and also getting on the ends of crosses. So that'd be great. Do you have a player that you would rather, an aging former superstar that you'd rather have in Minnesota? Yeah. Um, I know we everyone wants to go for, for aging strikers, um, but I'd bring in uh, Vincent Company, former Man City man, and now playing back in, in Belgium. Like, bring somebody in who could become a player coach. And then he does, right? <laughs> as soon as we fire Heath. Oh, it's a company's our coach now, and now we're doing it again. Um, <laughs> Which, I mean, we need more black coaches in MLS anyway, so why not true. a Belgian black coach? That's definitely true. Um, I have, I'm, I'm also on the back end of the of the lineup with the center backs. He's not quite like a former. He's, he's still pretty good. He's he's playing on Sunday, but Giorgio Chiellini, I think, would be great. He's like a 33-year-old center back from Italy who, if you watch the semifinals, he's Italy's captain. He's just, he seems like a great locker room guy. And like when they did the coin toss for the penalty kicks, he was like smiling, just like super happy to be there, like kind of playfully shoving the Spanish captain and the Spanish captain. I think Jordi Alba was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Do not touch me. And Chiellini's <laughs> like, ah, you're great. And hugs him like gives him a kiss on the cheek. It was fucking wild. And Italy won for a reason, I think. And I think the reason is Cellini. And the way he like, stream sings the Italian national anthem, you gotta love it. <laughs> well, I mean, Mario Barotella probably can also scream sing the Italian national anthem. <laughs> while holding two, Give Mario a chance. While shirtless holding two Roman candles that are lit. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Balotelli is pure chaos <laughs> there's a story I think well, when they were he was at Inter with with uh, Jose Mourinho and Jose and Balotelli had a yellow card in the first half and Jose spent the entire ha- halftime talk just by Mario be like you can't you can't just set a yellow set in yellow you can't just set in yellow you cannot just set in yellow please don't just set in yellow be calm out there and then five minutes into the second half he does set in yellow was sent off I don't want that chaos on my team Sasha well that's because Jose put it out into the universe he put too much energy focusing on that it's Jose's it's like, fault right it's like when you're like some, you're about to do something and someone tells you like hey did you do that thing that you're about to do like no I don't want to do that so he's like <laughs> I'm not going to off today don't sent off. I'm going to try to hit someone in the face. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also the, that law of like, uh, the thing that you're afraid will happen will happen. So as long as like, Jose needs to not focus on his fear of Balotelli getting yellow cards or his fear of, you know, uh, losing in finals or <laughs> sucking as a manager or getting fired. I don't know. So yeah. we'll we'll see how that pans out next year in Italy. Um, and honestly, back to Tevez for a second, I don't think it's going to happen. 
I no. do I do not see any way where this is a thing that actually is a a good idea for either Carlos Tevez or for Minnesota United. So I think the only reason he's being linked to us is because he used to play for Boca Juniors, and we have two players from Boca Juniors on our team. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to MLS stuff. Our next opponent has not again has not lost a game since MLS Cup twenty twenty. Yeah, they're currently uh, on a 13-game uh, unbeaten streak, which is the best start to a season any team has had. It's not the longest unbeaten streak in MLS, but it's the best start uh, unbeaten streak. So, yeah, Seattle going straight for the gates, and they beat Houston 2-0. Um, this was after their, their 2-2 draw against Colorado uh, earlier last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I was watching this game when ESPN Plus because I – couldn't get the United game because it wasn't on CW for whatever reason on Wednesday. And I can see why you're a fan of Seattle because they're so much more fun to watch. They're always dangerous every single attack, I feel like. It's... You know what we we supposed to do? Hire a coach that looks like an accountant. That seems to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um... Uh, I don't have a really good transition for this, but uh, Nashville beat Philadelphia uh, 1-0 in, in a surprising move. Uh, they then went back to get, getting draws again because they drew with Atlanta 2-2, uh, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta, I think, rested a bunch of players for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and so not a, the best result for Nashville, but I mean, anytime Atlanta drops points, I'm happy. Exactly. Oh. Chicago uh, has now started their own winning streak. They're on two-game winning streak, beating Atlanta 3-0, and then Orlando 3-1. Uh, Calvo was not on the team sheet for either of those matches, so has, uh, correlation and causation. Yeah, has he finally been found out by Chicago as well? <laughs> what other MLS team is going to be like, yeah, Calvo's pretty good. Here's money for him. <laughs> and just basically you're better off taking that money pissing all over it and then sitting it on fire in, the, in a garbage can. Yeah. Um, Austin finally uh, broke their winless streak uh, at home in their new stadium. They beat Portland 4-1. Um, that team was fun to watch. This was... I mean, yeah. Austin looked like a really good team. I don't know if it's because Portland was, is bad. I don't think they are that bad, but Austin looked really, really, really good. They do this thing where they have, like, green lights. So whenever they store goals, they turn off all the other lights. So it's just, like, shining green. Like, all, like, the white shines green. It's pretty cool. Anyway. It's very... Yeah. That was a treat. Yeah. A treat for those uh, Austin, Austin faithful. Uh, sadly, they were going to uh, be a little disappointed next game after LAFC came to town and beat them 2-0 in their new stadium. Oh, no. So, I mean, streets yeah. can't last forever. Exactly. <laughs> your one, that one your game one streak. streak can't last forever, man. Uh, LAFC uh, went on also, sorry, earlier uh, that we had beat RSL 1-0 in Rio Tinto. Uh, so that those two uh, Western Conference wins helped them jump up the table into fifth place. They'd been sitting in a poor position before that, but now they're starting to look uh, a little more dangerous. LAFC like, turning it on. It's not something I wanted to see. It's, no. it's, it's scary. I don't like it. 
Yeah. And I know Diogo Rossi was involved with at least one of those goals, so that's never a good sign. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of not good signs, <laughs> if you're Toronto, DC beat Toronto 7-1. <laughs> I looked at that score and I'm like, what happened? There must have been multiple red cards or something. Nope. Toronto just came out and, and, and it failed. Uh, there were seven different goal scorers for Toronto, uh, for DC United. Uh, one of those was an own goal from Ralph Prizo. Uh, Iowa Canola was the only goal scorer for Toronto. Uh, this re- I don't think he feels too great about his goal, his, his lone goal. In that <laughs> I match. mean, it's better than nothing, no goals. Uh, <laughs> this result ended, uh, resulted in a uh, in Toronto firing their coach, Chris Armas, who was recently hired to replace Greg Vanny. Um, yeah, that, I didn't think there'd be a coach out this soon of the league. So, yeah. So what we're saying is we want Sounders to beat us seven one. Oh, if only. <laughs> who who would uh, who do you want to score the one goal for Minnesota if we if we lose seven to one? Uh, like uh, like Hassani Dotson. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> oh shit. Congratulations to Hassani and his, Hassani, his yes. fiance Petra. Yeah. Uh, he proposed after the game in San Jose. So congratulations to yeah. them. And I assume our invites will be in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Not all Ben's for Toronto. Dude, that would be oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. That would be such a dope wedding to go to, uh, but like you'd have to like not fangirl over like <laughs> all these all these yeah. like, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, you'd have to just like, be like, yeah, this is just like a regular wedding. I know these people. I see them, you know, every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And I'm not trying to like get autographs or anything <laughs> while someone's giving <laughs> their vows. My tie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's like that's where like you uh, you. <laughs> You like just put like a blazer over like all the like uh, Minnesota gear you want signed. You don't show up like wedding formal. You show up like a fan who just tried barely to be like acceptable. Uh. You don't. You don't. No, you don't. Full kit wanker with Dotson on the back of your jersey, and you have a tie Minnesota United tie tied around your head, your head, and then like a white blazer that they can all sign. Yeah, but with the, that would be... with the sleeves rolled up, Miami Vice style, so so they know that you're cool. And then you you're at the you're at the reception, and the one player is like, "Hey, why is that that blazer we signed already up on eBay?" And you're like, "Uh, I donh. know." <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of uh, you know, barely acceptable. Uh, Toronto was able to turn it around after that horrible 7-1 loss. Uh, they beat the current Eastern Conference leaders, New England, 3-2. to um, So not all hope is lost. Maybe the, the little bump from firing their coach. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> maybe. I still think they're pretty bad. We'll put... Yes. Uh, New England, however, I don't think is bad. Uh, they got a 2-2 draw against MLS champions Columbus. Um, so... They're still getting points where they need it, and they're still at the top of the table in the East. Um, they are uh, the Columbus Crew are also playing tonight against Cincinnati in the Hell Is Real Derby. Um, that's at six thirty. And Hell Is Real, and it's in Ohio, mm-hmm. and it's probably in Cincinnati. Let's be yeah. honest. Uh, yeah, 
that's had. We're sorry if we didn't cover your favorite MLS teams, James. There were so many. Um, I should mention because I just remember this news that the Montreal Montreal team, Club de Foot Montreal, whatever they're called now, traded Eric Hurtado to Columbus because he refused to get vaccinated, and that would have they're like open to travel back to Montreal, and that he wouldn't have been. He on the team would have made it a lot harder for the team to get in and out of Canada. So, hope you en- uh, hope you enjoy hell, Hurtado. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're moving closer to the most dangerous state in the union, which is currently Missouri. Uh, yeah, Neat. that state is getting their own like uh like response team going in to try to like from the federal government to try to fix the lack of COVID vaccines, they're trying to raise awareness. Jesus. Like pretty much they have to change the hard minds of the population because they have ample vaccines. They just don't have a population who wants to get vaccinated uh, despite now having a massive week of spikes. Oh, uh, sorry, Cotardo and all of Missouri, go get your vaccines. There are people in third world countries who have been waiting to get vaccinated and we here have them amply and people are refusing. I don't put it better myself. Um, I'm just trying to figure out if we can call her to... I'm trying to her her Todd Delta her Todd Delta is that a good name we didn't call him I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, went on to our final Delta Hurtado Delta Hurtado there it is <laughs> boom put on a, put on t-shirts that we don't make uh, Euros action semifinals were this week the final is on Sunday semifinals Italy won Spain won Italy both threw on penalties because. Giorgio Tolini is a master of gamesmanship or just super happy to be there. Either way. Um, <laughs> Alvaro Morata, who kind of had, has had a cursed existence at the Euros or just in general on the soccer pitch, uh, missed a sitter, then stored the equalizer, then missed his penalty um, to set up Jorginho, who hit the game-winning penalty. Um, did you watch this game at all? Yeah, yeah. I honestly think Italy has this crazy ability because they did this back in 2006 where they're the worst team on the field playing, right? They're kind of bunkering. They're playing very physical, drawing, calling a lot of fouls. Like, they got a lot of fouls in second half and extra time. Uh, but they pull off the win in, in penalties. Uh, so I guess the rule is, like, don't go to PKs with, with Italy, whether you're Spain or France or anybody. Um yeah. Also, Jorginho, like, a lot of shade on his PK because he pretty much went for the same corner, same style inside of the foot as the previous PK taker who had his set had been saved yeah, for, uh, for Spain. Jor- yeah, Jorginho fucking puts his in with style uh, and gives them the win. Um, I don't think Italy was the better team. Maybe they're just a more tactical team, so I'll give, I'll give props to uh, uh, Roberto Mancini for... for for managing that team and bringing them all the way to the final. For managing the team and looking good while doing it. His outfit, his suits, and just, just top notch. Yeah, uh, I actually look at, remember looking at pictures of him, and he's like yeah. ripped. He looks like oh, an Italian so model. He has like a lean six pack still, and he's like <laughs> in his forties, and like, and also like not like a hairy Italian dude. He's like completely waxed. <laughs> well, like, we, this is we're, we're not sure if he's completely waxed, but he's definitely from the waist up. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, right. I haven't found too many of those speedo pictures yet, but I'm sure they exist. Uh, <laughs> Maybe from his player not, days. That'll be like searched or anything, like extensively. 
If you have any pictures of Martini in a Speedo, tweet them at Tunet Fans. And I'll share them with Sasha. He's not on Twitter anymore. Um, uh, We're going to get a Mario Bellatella in a Speedo picture from, from Chris. I know it just. You know it just. Uh, and a lot of people complaining Sorry. that Italy was like. Because they were up 1 0 before Spain neutralized. And when they were up 1 0, they were kind of. They were taking follow, but also like kind of making a meal out of it. And a lot of English fans are like, that's how they play the game. And then, you know, England Denmark comes along and it's tied 1 1. And then Sterling gets nudged in the box and goes down like he's been shot. And a penalty is in the. It was like, yeah, that's, that's what the game's all about. England. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, England 1 2 1. Um, some records set in this game for Jordan Pitford. He set the record for uh, most for consecutive minutes without conceding a goal for England. Then two minutes after setting that record, he conceded a free kick from Mikkel Damsgaard, um, which was a great world free kick. Um, I think if John Pitford got a better jump or had longer arms, he would have saved it. So, who knows? Um, Simon Scherr own goal utilized, but Sterling probably would have tapped it in if Scherr hadn't tried to intercept uh, Saka's cross. That penalty. Did you see that penalty, Given I, I had not. I have not watched this game. Where are the highlights? He's Sterling. I know he's between two Denmark defenders. He's like nudged a little bit, but he's like already going down when he's like nudged. It, it, it wasn't a penalty for me, but the ref called it right away. Bar did, didn't overturn it. Um, Kane's penalty is saved initially by Schmeichel, but he pulls in Abela and just converts the rebound. He didn't chip. Casper, so not as fancy as Ramon, but still effective. Um, UFA is investigating England fans after Casper Schmeichel um, had a laser pointer shined in his face during the penalty. Um, apparently, Schmeichel told the ref about it as well beforehand, but doesn't matter. It's coming home. Football's coming home. Yeah, uh, I guess Harry Kane needs. One goal to to tie Golden Boot uh, record right now, which is held by um, isn't it Ronaldo? Uh, Ronaldo and oh, uh, pa- Patrick Schick for for and the Patrick for the Schick, checks, yes, yeah, as we all yeah. predicted, of course. Yes, uh, Patrick Schick actually more impressive because he has less uh, penalties uh, towards his Golden Boot than Ronaldo, and he scored that goal from like midfield against Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Definitely goal of the tournament That's, still. Yeah, still. Um, so maybe, you know, if Harry Kane gets a is, gets a brace, he gets golden boot, and he probably wins Euros then too. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't see England scoring more than one goal and losing. So let's just yeah. go into our preview since we're kind of talking about it. Uh, Italy versus England. Yeah. Um, who do you have winning? How do you think the game will be? Let's talk through that. If I had to look at talent on the field I'd, I'd lean towards england but england's been i think up and down like the, the guys you see don't always perform at the level you expect mm-hmm. so whereas italy has this real wave of belief where even if they're playing playing up like like they did in that spain game i really think spain was the better mm-hmm. team they pull out the win so i think they i think they'll do it against england as well i'm kind of hoping they will too because 
fuck it. Anytime an England player is like, oh, it's coming out, I'm like, I, I die a little bit inside. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's, it's pretty bad. I'll go. I'll go Italy over England. I also I this game is not going to be a good game to watch. I didn't predict, I'm predicting that right now. It's going to be both teams trying to buntering. And trying to find the way through, just kind of poaching and prodding, at least for the first half. Second half might open up mm-hmm. more. Um, yeah. But I do think if you watch Italy's goal in Spain, it is such a clinical counterattack. That starts with a goalkeeper, Donnarumma, and I think three Italy players touch it, and then it's in the net. They're so effective on the counterattack that if England pushes too far up on a set piece or just an attack in general, they can be broken down pretty easily. Um, I think Italy has the better midfield as well. I think Jorginho has been fantastic for them this entire tournament. The one thing that Italy doesn't have right now is the striker really clicking. Uh, Chiro Mobile really hasn't had a great tournament. Harry Kane has kind of come on in the past couple of games and, is, you know, as you said, is could win the golden boot. Um, yep. I still think Italy, they're the more complete team, I think think and I think they have the mentality like their their defense is better than than any team England has faced so far the two center bats Bonucci and Chiellini are dominant defenders and I don't think England can win any anything in the air against them in the box yeah. it's going to be a lot of trying to cut towards the the end line and try and cut balls back on the ground because they cross them. They're going to be cut out right away by Bonucci or Cellini. Um, if, if England does win, I hope it's Raheem Sterling who scores because for some reason the England media hate him and didn't think he should be playing, didn't think he should have started the tournament, and he's been their best player f- for me in the yeah. entire tournament. It's probably because he's black. Um, that's probably <laughs> why I don't like him. I don't know who said that. Was it the voice of reason and truth? English fans are racist? Was it the voice of no. reason and truth? Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, he also could score a hat-trick. And, it, you know, if, if England wins with, like, Sterling scoring a hat-trick and getting the golden boot, I'm okay with that one result. Yeah. Everything else... I'll be happy for Sterling, Jordan Henderson, and no one else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh I kind of do feel going back to that Denmark, that Denmark game. I feel bad for Casper Schmeichel because he had a great season. He's a good keeper. He's played. For, he played for Leicester. If he got a laser in the eye, you know, fuck you, English play, like fans. And, and he still saved. Almost said players. He still saved the penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If that's he the push, point. If he he's like that that, good. If he pushes that wider, or holds on to it. Who knows what happens yeah. in the penalty shootout? You know. Yeah. Um. But I, I think you nailed you, you hit the the nail on the head with saying that Italy's counterattack is really dangerous. Like even 115 minutes into the Spain game, they were still blitzing on the counterattack, which shows how much gas they have in the tank mm-hmm. and this desire they have to win. I think that with Mancini, uh, you know, uh, in command, yeah. they should win Euros. And Italy have one extra day of rest, and both teams did play uh, 120 minutes, so. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, we'll be back yeah. next week. There's no MLS games besides the Hell is Real Derby, which, I mean, if something fun happens, we'll talk about it next week. But who knows? Um, we'll come back next week for a shorter episode, just a Euro 2021 review 
Um, we'll go over our predictions, which I think we're, we none of us had anything right. None of us had anything <laughs> right in any of our predictions. So we'll, we'll laugh at those, talk about who impressed us, and talk about the final that's coming this Sunday. Um, until then, Sasha, why don't you tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Alexander Sourceloth. You can find the podcast at TWO United Fans on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Real Caleb FC and on Instagram at Caleb Olson seven one six. Special thanks to Tectonics for the use of our song "Lustless" as our theme music. Uh, you can find them on YouTube and SoundCloud and I have Facebook Bandcamp question mark. I think those two as well. Um, Special thanks to our patrons at the $20 tier, the lead commissioners. Thank you, Eric Olson. Um, I'll see you next week. That's Saturday, so yay. Um, sign up for a patron at patreon.com slash twounitedfans. Uh, more episodes coming out soon. And we'll be back next week. But first, shout out to the mad villain, MF Doom. Rest in peace.